Hello, you're listening to season four of the Achieve With Me podcast. This fourth series is a special interview series showcasing interviews with some hugely inspiring women and men who have a thing or two to share with you about building your career and becoming more confident. My mission as a confidence and career performance coach is to empower women like you to grow in confidence and stretch your comfort zones to get to that next level in your career on your terms. Without further ado, I'm very excited to introduce today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome back to today's episode of Achieve With Me, the interview series. Now, as you will all know by now, for this podcast, I am committed to conducting conversations that will help support you in managing everyday workplace challenges. Our tools, tips and insights are going to support you in building your confidence to propel your career forward. One of the best ways that I find to do this is by hearing people's stories about how they've overcome challenges within their careers and also hearing about success stories. And that's what we're going to be covering off today. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce Ermi. Ermi Hussain has been working in the financial services industry for six years now. She has an educational background in finance and graduated from the Honours Programme in Finance, where she has written her thesis about art and wine investing. Oh, girl, after my own heart there. She is pursuing her CFA designation and has worked in big companies like State Street and Maples Group and now is ready to embark on a new journey with her career. Omi has kindly come onto the show today to talk about her experience looking for a job during the pandemic, which I think is such an important topic because so many of you found yourself in situations where you needed to transition to something new. Now, during this time, Ermi ended up with three different offers. And today she's going to talk to you about the steps that she took to make her decision in doing so. So welcome to the show, Ermi. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm so well. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. No problem. So I guess it'd be great for us to understand a little bit more about your journey. So if we sort of go right back to the beginning um, and talk about how you transitioned from being a student to working full time, what were those first steps in your career? Yes. So basically, um, when I was a student, I... I was mainly studying and I wasn't really focusing on building my network or looking to make connection with, with people. And um, I remember when it was like towards the last year of my of my semester, I started to like think more about where should I go? How can I find a job? And I started to apply at like random places. And I remember being continuously being rejected like I was just being rejected because I did not have the work experience and you know as every like a student you cannot build experience if someone doesn't give you that opportunity to build experience yeah um and I remember like going to networking events just for the sake of like eating the food but not really networking so I kind of regret that I have wasn't like really mingling around with a potential employer Mm-hmm. And then what happened is one day I had I went to this networking event. Um, I met this uh, recruiter and I gave my resume and I said, "Look, I need a job. Um, 
this is my resume. So I gave my resume. And at that moment, I actually got a call, I think two weeks later for mm-hmm. to do an interview. I did two rounds of interview and I got the job within a month. Mm-hmm. And that was my first experience, uh, my first job experience, which was at State Street. And um, and I remember when I was still, when I was working at State Street full-time, I was still a student. So I was still like uh, finishing up my semester, finishing uh, my thesis, because I had, that was needed in order for me to complete my degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when I started working, I was like, I'm going to, you know, put a network of people. I will connect with people. And again, I was going to through the same mistake, but I was not doing that. So I, I kind of like regret that when I like look, look at it retrospectively because through time I realized that when you're working full time it's so important that you build a network of with people really? and um, so it was like rough at the beginning my whole transitioning from student to um, to full-time employee but now that I'm like being in the industry for six years I actually realized that there are some things that I have to I have to do like work on my skills or with a good connection. I did not have a LinkedIn profile either until two years ago. So believe it or not, I was not present anywhere online. So I was never promoting myself mm-hmm. and I was not even a self-advocate either. So then I started to realize how important it is to sell yourself to people. So these are some of the lessons that I learned. Wow. That's such an amazing story. And I think one of the things, well, I loved all of that, but one of the things that I loved especially was your reflection on how important it is to build that network. And I think what I often see within organizations is people sort of saying, oh yeah, you know, I I do have a network. It's here, it's here where I work or it's my colleagues from previously. But having a network around you of people that are there because of the environment is totally different to being intentional about who you want your network to be. And making sure that you're proactively surrounding yourself with people um, who have different diverse perspectives to you and something, you know, people that you can learn something from is really going to dictate the success of your career ongoing, which obviously has been demonstrated in your experience as well. So thank you for sharing that. And I think that's a really key takeaway for our listeners. Um, So you mentioned that you've got your first full-time job and it was all sort of through networking and putting yourself out there, which was really key. You then underwent um, a job change. Could you tell us a bit more about that process? Yes. So basically what happened is um, like every organization, they go through some restructuring process and sometimes you have to let go of some people. So it just happened that I was one of those people. And I remember it was after two years I was working in this company. And then what happened is I just, I know that this, the news took me like a shock because I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, does this really happen? And f- for me being like a new person in the industry, I, I didn't take it really well. And even then what happened is the company was like, oh, we can like, um, relocate you somewhere within the, the company or we can you can find something outside and me still being fresh out of school I was like I'm not sure what to do so I went through a process where I was like I'm gonna do some interviews within this company but if I can find something outside that would be better yeah. so even what happened is 
uh, I went through some interviews. I actually got to have two offers internally and I got that got another one externally. Mm. But but I took the job, um, the external job, because I was so worried that what if we, if what if I stay in this company, we I go through the same issue with other departments of restructuring. And I took that job even though I knew it, that it wasn't really um aligned with my long-term career goals. Like I took it because in that moment in time, I needed a job. I need I needed to, you know, earn money to pay off my bills yeah. and stuff like that. So I took a job in compliance and I was like, you know what? Even though it's not strictly finance, it has some sort of correlation with finance. You know, you still have to do a lot of due diligence when it comes to finance. So that has been my second work work experience. And I was there for four years and I was like, you know what? When I made that decision, I remember thinking, maybe this not this is not exactly where I want to be on a long term, but if I ever want to change department, that could be a good stepping zone. Yeah. So that's how I made my decision because I know a lot of the times we tend to like reject a job because, you know, it's not aligned with our goals. But I also try to see a little bit of the big picture and be like, OK, it has any department. If I'm interested in doing something in finance, I can always change. And that's actually what happened. So I I joined, I joined the compliance department. I was there for four years. And after four, four years, I was like, OK, I think I'm ready to make a change because I have learned a lot about this Um this topic so I changed to do something a little bit more finance and um, I'm also a little bit like that when I'm like you know it's good to diversify your own basket of experience you know you just want don't want to stick to one thing you want to have many many different things diversify yourself because you never know it might open you like different doors in the future sure yeah that makes sense and I think that so often we don't really consider that we think that what hiring managers are looking for is ultimate consistency within one particular industry um, or sort of um, you know a linear career path but you're absolutely right in that you know we are opened up to even just from um, an insular perspective from a business, we're opened up to other challenges that other departments have. So we therefore get a better understanding of why what we do is so important. So I definitely agree with that. I just want to go back to one thing that you shared was about, um, you know, when you were made redundant or, or let go, as you said, um, because I know that that has been an experience that a lot of people will have had in the past sort of 24, 48 months. Um. Could you share if you felt that this knocked your confidence? If I was what? Did you feel that your confidence was knocked by this situation? You know what? So not in that particular moment. I mm-hmm. think in that particular moment, I, I didn't really think about that. I didn't think that, you know, my confidence was, uh, that I guess your British way of saying is knocked down. <laughs> yeah oh, okay there we go so I don't it, it did not really affect in that sense actually I was pretty happy that I got to have those many opportunities but last year actually yes last year during the pandemic when I was looking for a job I did feel very 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 discouraged mm-hmm. and very demotivated because like everyone else, I was like, okay, I have time to think about myself. Let me think where I want to go with my career. And when I started to look look for another job, I remember being able to get in many interviews. Like I was so grateful that all the companies I was applying for were calling me. 
but I was never able to go like so forward to get it to get an offer and I remember like I would follow up and every time I would get rejected every Mm -hmm. single time and I would ask for a follow-up question to know like what was the reasoning what was what was wrong with it and I would never get a feedback so I remember being very very discouraged and then I was like oh maybe I should just give up and I should just like stick to where I am but when you're in the same place for a long time it's like it's not good. You need, you need change, you know, it's, it's so important. And I think you need to meet different people. You need a different environment. You want to learn about different companies, but I'm also someone who's very tenacious Mm. and and very resilient. So I was like, you know what? It's okay. If I'm getting rejected, it's probably because um, something better is waiting for me. So I started to shift my mindset and be like, you know, be rejections are redirections and and then I was like I'm gonna keep applying I'm gonna work on my resume I'm gonna try to fix that as much as I can I will try to build on different skills and I will try to use my network my networks as well mm-hmm. so then what happened is um I was like you know what I'm gonna try and I got to have uh this year three more offers and I got them all in one shot all at the same time oh my goodness wow so you've gone from feeling really discouraged and demotivated about that job search process to actually having three offers because of your tenacity towards it yeah and it's been so hard to make a decision like really really hard like really hard in terms of which job to choose out of the three offers yeah oh, okay so could you share a bit about your decision making process behind that yes so basically um I tried to speak to a couple of my friends and I tried to speak to my trusted friends people that actually know me people who can like guide me and help me out to make a decision so they were like four or five people that I spoke to <laughs> and at first every time I would speak to them they were also confused with my situation like I was confused they would be com- they were <laughs> confused too so we were going nowhere we were literally going nowhere 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 and I spoke to this friend in particular and she told me that she, this is what she told me she said choose the job that will be bring you closer to your true self so that was her suggestion. And so I tried to think about that. And I was like, okay, which one of the three will bring me to my uh, closer to my true self? And, and every time I make a decision, I never try to put into consideration the salary. Like I'm not that kind of person. I think it's mm-hmm. much more important for me that, you know, I'm happy in a workplace. I have a, I have a good environment. I have good colleagues that I can advance with my career, that there are opportunities, that it's also a big name and stuff like that. So initially, um, I basically, so I got an offer for this company and I and I said no, because that was my first instinct to say no to that particular company. And um, so I, I said no, and I was like, okay, it does not feel bad that I said no. So I said no to that company. And now I'm stuck with these two other companies. So what the hell do I do? Do I, do I just, like, it was like 50-50, literally. It was literally 50-50 situation. I was not leaning <laughs> towards one or the other. And then what happened is I'm going to, like, look at the uh, job offer 
strictly and try to see if there is anything that I can find to refuse the job. So then what happened is I actually started to think about um, about my life a couple of years ago. So when I moved to Canada, one of my uh, biggest dreams was to work for this big company that we have in Canada. Mm-hmm. And actually this is one of the companies that I got the offer from. But also I like the other opportunities. So then at the end, what happened is I actually took the offer for the bank because I knew it, that this was my dream job. Really? You no, know, they were all good. They were all good. They were all, all the offers were good. All the offers were in finance. But then I tried to stick to where I always wanted to be when I was still studying at my university because the story is that one of my professors used to work for this bank. And I went to this building because I had like office hours. I had to see her. And my first reaction to her was that I was like, one day I'm going to be working for this company, for this mm-hmm. bank. And this is what I told her. So I, when I made the, my decision, I went back to think about this moment in my life. And I was like, I think this is it. This is the time because I worked really hard to work for this bank. And now that I got this opportunity, I, I was like, I should not let go of it. And I told myself that this will probably bring me closer to my true self. Mm. So that's how I made my decision. And I felt it from inside that this was the right one. Like I remember being happy about it. I remember like having a smile on my face when I made that decision. I also felt much more relieved too. Yes, I bet you did. (laughs) When I made that decision, because I was like, yes, the other two are good, but this one, I can feel it from the inside that it's it's a good opportunity. And I would, and I walked in front of that building when I made my decision and I was like, yes, I actually do see myself working there. So that was a little bit of my process to make that decision. Okay. So for anyone, if you're lucky enough to get multiple offers for a new job, I love that advice. Really think about which job that you can see yourself in the most, but which one will help you to be a true self. And I think that so often what happens is we look at um, like the level of seniority in the jobs. We look at the job descriptions and we let that steer us. And sometimes if one of them's a bit of a step up or we see something that intimidates us a bit, we almost use that as an excuse to be like, oh, well, maybe I'm not quite ready for that. Rather than asking ourselves, you know, which of these aligns most with my true self. So I think that that's really great advice um, and really exciting. Congratulations, because <laughs> the resilience that you've obviously shown throughout having that challenge in um, searching for a role has obviously proven that, you know, it's absolutely worth holding out for. Um Really inspiring. So another thing that I noticed, um, because when we've been talking, you've mentioned quite a few things that sort of suggest to me that you're somebody who has very much growth mindset um, and somebody who really believes in the power of becoming better at something, refining your skills and improving your situation. And I noticed that you were a member of the organisation Toastmasters, which I am also. And for the benefit of my listeners, I don't know if I've ever actually spoken about this on the the podcast, but Toastmasters is a global public speaking organisation. And it's something that has different branches um, in all different towns, cities in the world. And what this enables people to do is join and practice public speaking in a way that 
refined your communication skills, not necessarily just um, if you want to do a speech, you know, it's not just about that formalized speaking. It's about, you know, learning to be able to answer um, more proactively and more productively if somebody asks you a question that you're not expecting. Um, and I've, I can say personally for myself that my confidence has increased so much since I've been a member of Toastmasters. I think I've been doing it for about three or four years. Yeah, it must be four years now. Um, and I think that that consistency of taking that time, you know, for a couple of hours a week or a couple of hours every couple of weeks to really work on a skill and know that that consistency will pay off um, is fantastic. And I know that, you know, for you as well, that's something that you are a member of. So would you be able to share your experience of how you actually ended up joining and, and what prompted you to do that? Yes. So basically for me, uh, my journey with Toastmasters is started in 2015, but then it only lasted for a couple of months. I'm going to tell you this story. <laughs> so what happened is I was still a student in 2015 and I was I attended this workshop, which was about communication, how to work on your communication skills. And at the end of the workshop, the presenter was like, oh, you can attend the Toastmasters club. So I was like, hmm, I don't know what that is, but I think I read it on, I needed it on my resume as extracurriculum activities. Mm -hmm. So I actually attended the Toastmaster club of my university and I I joined it for for I would say eight months. But I can tell you that I was there, but I did not have a purpose. I was there because I needed it for my extracurriculum activities. Mm -hmm. And then what happened is I graduated and I stopped going there. But then a couple of years ago in 2019, I was like, you know what? I think I want to go back to Toastmasters. And like I said, I'm someone a little bit who's also very ambitious. And one of my goals in life is to do a TED Talk. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> so it's, a it's to do a TED Talk. And also I had in mind um, the idea that I want to make a change using my voice. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if there are any Toastmasters near my workplace. So in 2019, I actually joined back the club. And it has been also for me more than three years that I've been part of this club. And since 2019, I can tell you that I have grown the most in terms of skills, in terms of knowledge, because every time I go to this club, I feel like I'm, every time I go to this meeting, I feel like I'm coming out a little bit more knowledgeable. Yeah. Because you're listening to these speeches and you get to like, get so many, so much information. You get to meet people from different backgrounds. It's not just your circle of people. And I think this is a problem with the Toastmasters that everyone thinks it's just for you to do speeches, but it's really yeah. not. You're really working to be a leader, to be a better communicator. You're working on, um, on your time management skills, on your critical thinking skills. And I, I started to see changes also in me as a person, also in my workplace. You know, I started to see that I also became much more confident. It has increased my self-esteem. I also started to, you know, speak up at work instead of just being that shy person that would not say anything. And I also started to, I started to see improvement in my leadership skills, you know, like I was less afraid of saying things, less afraid of, do, of doing things. 
and I actually got to be part of the executive team. So I was the VP of education for two years and now I'm actually the president of the club. So it helps me to build my leadership skills and it feels like a family, that club, the club that I'm part of, because you get to build this strong relationship with people and everyone's always very supporting. They always want you to do better. They always want you to like, you know, you should go and work on your skills. They always encourage you to take, um, to take roles, to do speeches. And every time I do a speech, I feel a bit more confident. I feel like, I feel like I'm like one step closer to achieving my goals. And I never like quit since then. I'm always going to these meetings. Now with the pandemic, it has been a little bit challenging because everything has been virtual. Yeah. But I always see all these long-term benefits. And I also think that it looks good to have it on your resume because employers actually know what Toastmasters is. And they know that, you know, you're someone who is developing yourself you're someone who's like investing in yourself to be better so I think it also gives a little bit of edge and and also I think it's good for networking skills because all these people work in different companies Mm -hmm. they're people with different educational background and you get to learn from like different perspectives as well so it's not just one perspective it's many perspectives and it helps you to be a bit more open-minded as well yeah I totally agree um it is a you know, a worldwide recognised brand. So a lot of employers are familiar with that. Um, And there's opportunities, as Ermia was saying, to take on different roles within that organisation. So it almost is is as though you are practising different leadership skills within that. So I would highly recommend it if you are somebody who is wanting to refine your communication skills and join a part of a local community. I mean, my um, local Toastmasters group that I'm a member of, um, we actually meet every week now, but previously we used to meet twice a month. Um, We're doing every week now, which is great. And I think that a lot of people, once they do join, they might think, oh, well, I'm not not here for that, or I, I was only coming along to get some more experience here. But as you learn about more and more people's motivations for joining, it really helps you to think, gosh, we can all help each other here. It's not about, you know, me just coming along, doing my thing and leaving. It's about how can they give me feedback and how can I give them feedback? And yeah, it's fantastic for networking. So 100% would recommend doing that. Well, um, it's been fantastic to hear about your story. And I think it's really inspiring to hear about how you've managed to overcome some adversity within your job search and actually go ahead and be in that position to get three amazing offers. <laughs> so um, I think you should be super proud of yourself. And um, final question for you today. Is there any advice that you would give to anybody who feels like they're in a role at the moment but it doesn't reflect their true self. Hmm. That's very, very interesting. When you say that, is it more like in a role, like in a workplace or more in their life? Yeah, so if they're in a workplace, in a job, doing a role and they're feeling like, I just know that this isn't it. This doesn't, I like it, it's a good job, but it's just not helping me to reach my true self, to use your words. Yeah, I think my advice would be to really start. So it should start always from yourself and try to do a lot of self-reflection and be like, 
you know, where do I see myself in a couple of years? Do I see myself in this company? Do I see myself doing this thing? And then I would say it to start taking actions. And that would be to really speak with people around you, whether you're your colleagues, your family, your friends. Mm-hmm. And then I would suggest to actually speak to your manager because I think, you know, it's, it's good to be in a workplace, but I think it's also good to see what are the resources that a company can offer you to be the better version of yourself. No one wants to see their employees leaving, especially now that it has been really, really hard with the great resignation. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there are ways that you can like do things within your company that can help you to you know, improve your skills. Because usually a lot of the companies, and this is, I think, something that is like not highly advertised, is that they do have a lot of workshops. They do have a lot, of, a lot of courses that you can take. Companies pay for your courses. And you can also um, be part of a mentor program, which is like a lot of companies have. And I think always like talking to your manager or being part of a mentor um, mentorship program, it will help you to get clarity. Mm -hmm. The more you talk with people, the more it will help you to see like what you don't like. Because I think it's like, we know what we like, but sometimes we do not know what we don't like. So if you can start finding out what you do not like, then I think it will help you to get closer to what you want to do in life so so to talk with different people to talk to your managers and my biggest advice to people would be also to never stop learning and to always invest in yourself always 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 no matter what happens in life because we are the biggest investment in this world we have to invest in ourselves we matter so much and I think by doing that by exploring different things you will be able to find out who you really are yeah I love so much of that. I think, firstly, I'm really passionate about empowering women to co-create their careers within the organisation. So having the courage to say to them, I'm just, look, you know, this is something I've identified as a strength or, you know, a goal that I'd love to do. How can we work together to make that happen? And so often people fear that conversation because they think there's confrontation going to be there and they just leave the business. Whereas your business wants to invest in you, they want to help you along that journey. And it's absolutely the right thing to do to have that conversation. And if at that stage it does turn out that you've got a misalignment in terms of the direction you want to go in, then that is an indicator that you might be best served elsewhere. But it's better to have that conversation than not. And I totally agree with the concept of always learning. You know, we can change and evolve into so many different areas of our lives as we move through we don't have to put ourselves in one bucket you know we don't have to say I am this and have a job role attached to that we can be anything that we want to be as our interests evolve you know we're not going to be the same person forever and that's okay so great advice well thank you so much for coming on the show I really really have valued you know the story that you shared um, and a lot of the perspectives that you shared as well which I think that a lot of our listeners will definitely take home so thank you so much thank you and if anybody wants to reach out and connect with you where's the best place to grab you I know you said you're on LinkedIn now so yes I have my LinkedIn profile so you can just google me just with my name which is only her sign um, I also have a YouTube channel, uh, which is called Umi Hosine as well. And I also have my uh, own blog, which is called myways.ca. 
Perfect. Oh, that'll be great because I'm sure you share some really valuable content. So I will ensure that I put the links in the show notes to this episode. So if you want to check out the blog, the YouTube channel, absolutely do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Achieve With Me podcast. If you like what you heard, please do leave me a rating and a review. And if you're not already following me on social media, on Instagram, I am at Rachel Harriet Coaching. TikTok is Rachel Harriet Coaching Zero. And I am Rachel Gilfrin on LinkedIn. Love to connect with you. Have a great day.